0: Hey friend, are you looking to start a fun business on the side, but don't know where or how to get started? Are you in direct sales, network marketing, or social retail, and looking for tangible ways to scale your business? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Socially Selling Podcast with me, Becky Baxter. I was a teacher by trade turned entrepreneur. I am a mompreneur who has invested time, energy, and resources into growing a multi-million dollar business, all while playing the role of wife, mama, leader, friend, and CEO. I will share tangible tips, hacks, and raw moments that have led to my continued success. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these real life messy moments that have created incredible magic and changed the trajectory of my life let's get into the episode.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. I am Monique Scripp, and you are either listening on my podcast, the Legacy Leader Podcast podcast, Or you are listening on Socially Selling with Becky Baxter. Hello, Becky. Hello. I'm excited to be here today. Yes. We have a treat for you today because we have the owner of Project Broadcast. Jake Dempsey is in the house today. Hello, Jake. Hey, hey. And we're going to talk all about texting your customers and really understanding a texting service and how this plays out in 2023. Because one of the things that we teach in our community, whether you are listening to this on Becky's podcast or my podcast, but you've heard us really um, talk a lot about understanding what is going on now and understanding in 2023, what is it that's working now? Because the ways that you may have tried in 2020, the ways that you may have tried in 2021 um, may not be working today. And so we're excited because we are gonna really chat with Jake and find out a little bit more about exactly what they're doing at Project Broadcast, what is working, what is helping people scale their businesses, what is helping people increase their sales. So Jake, we're gonna allow you to just open up and why don't you share with us a little bit about you and how you got started with Project Broadcast.
2: Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me. I appreciate coming on and talking with you guys. I have a huge heart for this space, so I I always these always run long because I end up wanting to like just chatter nonstop. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> thanks for having me uh, again. My name's Jake. I'm the co-founder and CEO. I hate that. I always tell people I'm just the chief nerd uh, at Project Broadcast. We're a, a software company providing a text marketing platform. Project Broadcast. We went uh, live and. October 2017, and started building Project Broadcast in 2016 when my wife, who is in network marketing, and my co-founder, Brian Noor's wife, who's in direct sales, were both looking for a better way to communicate with their customers and audience and prospecting. And um, they both kind of decided they wanted to you know, use texting as a channel. We did a ton of research on texting as a channel, and we can share some numbers there. Um, but then we looked in the market, and we looked at like what was available Uh, and frankly, we thought most of the software sucked and it was really expensive (laughs) and having built software for over two decades for very high end clients through a consulting company that that Brian and I owned, um, we decided to take the plunge and kind of tackle the space and the space, um, has really rewarded us, um, in that effort in that, you know, today project broadcast supports well over 30,000 active paying users. Uh, across 60 plus different network marketing and direct sales companies. So I think the industry has kind of spoken that like, okay, this is legit. I need this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super thankful for that. Um,
1: So, okay. If you kind of look at the difference between, because I feel like most people, what's traditionally taught is email marketing and understanding Mm -hmm. how to utilize emails to connect with your customers. Could you share with us a little bit about what is that difference between emails? Because I think a lot of our listeners are the people who are ready to grow. They're like, okay, just tell me, tell me what I need to know. Tell me how I need to grow. And I think um, what's interesting about what you do is at the end of the day, if your bottom line, like if you're bringing in more income because you have a way of connecting with your customers, it's so worth it. So can you share with us a little bit of the difference between emails versus texting?
2: Yeah, I would say first, all channels have a place, right? Like you always want to communicate with your customers where they're, where they are. I think that's super critical. When you look at email versus texting, and again, you you can actually Google you know, these numbers and kind of fact check me, but in email, what you really care about are two factors, open rate and read rate. Open rate across industry for email is about 20%. And read rate is 10 to 15%. And just simple math, that means you send 100 emails, 10 get read. If you look at texting, and again, Google this, you can check me on it. The numbers may vary slightly, but the numbers usually point to a 98% read rate and 96% of text messages are read in the first 2 minutes of delivery. So if you do just basic math, you send 100 emails, 10 get read. You send 100 text messages, 98 get read and 96 of those were read in the first 2 minutes that they were delivered. So in terms wow. of like, you know, the boost you get in productivity from using texting over email, it's it's it not really a I don't think it's a comparison. I mean, it's literally five times the amount of 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 uh, you know reading that's happening. And I always joke with people: I'm not a marketing genius, but first rule of marketing, they got to read the marketing. So uh-huh. uh, I, I think the read rate is pretty important.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, Becky, I know you've used Project Broadcast yourself. Do you want to share a little bit about your experience?
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I was so excited when we got the opportunity to talk to Jake. So I could just say thank you. <laughs> because this has, to me, I felt like, you know, been transformational in my business and scaling my business when I was with Pampered Chef um, in a lot of different ways. I was first introduced to it. I can't even remember what year, but it was pretty soon after you launched, I feel like maybe 2018. I don't know. Um, but I was introduced to the concept for host coaching. And I fell in love because I was able to automate my host coaching and feel like I wasn't dropping the ball on who did I tell what to. And um, it was just kind of turned into this process that I then transferred to my team. You know, first I told my leaders, I'm like, hey, you guys have got to be using this. Uh, And then I just started coaching anyone who joined my team. But after a little while, I started to realize, oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless. Like I can do so much more. So I started using it for um, customer follow-up, you know, sending like thank you messages or like announcements when there was like promotions or if it was like my anniversary and I wanted to just send like a message of like, thank you for being a customer every year on May, I think it was May 17th was my anniversary. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, just various other things, I started to realize I could use it for team communication. So to me, um, it was just such a huge time saver, because I felt like I was at a place in my business where I knew I needed to automate some things. And this gave me the opportunity to do that. Um, but I know you talked about how you guys wanted to make it, you know, affordable for all people and not just someone like at the level I was at with my business and being, you know, at, as like a national and executive. Um, you wanna, I would love for you to share a little bit about that aspect.
2: So what's funny is when, when Brian and I set out to build Project Broadcast, I, it, it, this is the truth. The number one thing that we were focused on was, can we build it and provide it? super affordable for people because we felt pretty strongly like as business owners, if we couldn't make it affordable, it wouldn't get the traction that we would need it to, to be successful. And again, we looked at the market and what people were charging for texting services that scared us because it was high. Um, And then we talked to, frankly, our wives and other people in the space to try to get an understanding of like, what is the level of price sensitivity for a Mm -hmm. new, new business builder to consider a tool and we just did, frankly, a ton of math. And we kind of came out with this idea of, hey, if we could provide project broadcast for 10, $15 a month, that is actually duplicatable within an organization. Yes, if you're a you know yeah. triple diamond, ultra unicorn in your company, you can afford any tool, right? right? But guess what? That doesn't matter because if you can't replicate that and duplicate that into mm-hmm. your organization, it's not gonna really give you like that multiplicative effect. And when we rolled out in October 2017, uh, Project Broadcast had a $10 plan. Pricing has changed since then because of some industry um, surcharges that have come into play. But we even rolled out a $5 plan. So like we have a $5 plan now that is pay as you go. You get your phone number. The $5 plan does not give you any credits per month. You buy them as you need them. Um, Our most popular plan is our $15 plan that gives you 500 credits a month. And for the vast majority of our users, that's kind of the sweet spot. So I look at 15 bucks and I'm like, I think we, again, I'm kind of bragging a bit, I guess, but I think <laughs> we nailed this idea that like provide super high quality software to an industry that needs yeah. it and provide it at an affordable price. And people will recognize that value and they have.
1: Yeah, well, and I think when people step into the network marketing direct sales space, it's because they're looking to make income, they're looking to grow and build. And I think there is that question of, you know, am I adding on anything that I don't need onto my business. And so, you know, from our perspective, understanding that, you know, one of the things that Becky and I teach people in Multiply 2.0, our coaching program is for them to see themselves as business owners. And it's like, if you don't have the tools and the resources that are going to help you as a business owner, then you're missing out. You know, it's different when you're, as a consumer, as an individual, it's different to spend money on things for ourselves versus when you're a business owner and there's tools and resources that are gonna help you scale your business. Like those are the areas where you need to be investing into your business. And so the fact that it's $15 a month, I remember the last time that we um, got together and you were talking about it, you know, I was expecting in my head for it to be like, okay, this service is going to be $49 a month or $100 a month or something. And so when you said $15 a month, I'm like, oh, we for sure need to require, you know, people in our community to have it. Because honestly, like as coaches, just being transparent as coaches, I feel like this is something that if we can get all of our clients to recognize the importance of it, we can train people to use this in order to scale their businesses.
2: Well, what's funny is I, I literally still get emails from people that ask me, but what's the real price? And I'm like, let's, you know, the start is 15 bucks. Yeah. But what's it really going to cost me? Cause they think they're going to pay 15 and then somehow, you know, right. they get this magic Other charges order. or yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, no, it's, it's 15 bucks. Now to to be really transparent we operate on a very thin margin because of that but that was our kind of business play was hey affordable high value to the customer you'll get a lot more customers right and that's the approach that mm-hmm. we took and has worked well for us and you know my advice to anyone to kind of what you were saying just a moment ago is that You have to think about how you want to invest in your business. There's a difference between spending and investing. And when I think about my business, even at Project Broadcast, I ask a very simple question when my team wants us to purchase something. Is it going to save us that much money and time as a company, or is it going to drive that much money or more in revenue for the business? And if I can't say yes to one of those things, guess what? We're not buying it because now we're just spending. We're not investing. So if you think about something like Project Broadcast, is fifteen bucks a month. You have to say, well, yeah. you know, does customer follow up or prospecting or host coaching or team notification? Right. Do any of those save me fifteen dollars in time? Yes, duh. Uh, you know, and can they right. exactly. can they drive more than fifteen bucks in revenue? Most likely, they can. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. I, you know, I'm biased, obviously, as the chief nerd of, of Project Broadcast, but. <laughs> I think it's a no brainer for people. If they really want to build a business, I see it as an essential tool for doing that. I really do.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love that you shared that you guys purposely run a lean you know, organization and you wanted to make it affordable. Like that was important to how you built your business. So mm-hmm. can you share a little bit of some of the success stories, like some of the companies that you work with, some of the successes that people are finding using your service?
2: Yeah, so we, you know, I think I mentioned already, we support, I think it's actually 32,000 now, um, wow. you know, users in Project Broadcast. And now, those users span, we call them networks. We don't ever ask people what company they belong to. Um, we actually don't like that. We, we we want Project Broadcast to feel like this safe, agnostic place that anyone in our profession could come to. Um, but we do try to figure out, like, where are our users coming from? And today we know that we have, you know, large user bases in over 60 different network marketing direct sales companies. So I'm pretty sure, you know, if you named a company, we have a, a sizable user base in that company. Um, we also do um, enterprise relationships. Uh, actually, Pamper Chef's a great example. Uh, that's a recent relationship that we um, that we launched where Pamper Chef people can actually sign up for Project Broadcast through uh, their internal tool called Table their contacts automatically sync into Project Broadcast. Um, That's awesome. We have, we have enterprise relationships with back office providers that provide actual back office solutions to network marketing and direct sales company. So, you know, we have a lot of room for growth there, but I think the kind of industry has said, okay, this is super valuable. How do we partner either as a company, network marketing, direct sales company directly, um, or maybe they're another provider um, that provides services to, to the space that want to integrate with us, uh, which is really cool because we are not an enterprise first company. In our, in our business, there's two approaches. You're either enterprise first, and that means you go to the network marketing direct sales company with no users, and you try to sell them on how your product is awesome. And you typically get a contract with that company. They pay you money. And ultimately, again, I've been seeing this for over a decade. Ultimately, that typically doesn't work out well because because it's not field-driven. You don't typically get field uptake because the field Mm -hmm. didn't ask for that and didn't need it, Mm -hmm. but you're trying to tell them they need it. Yeah. And the field tells
1: you what they want.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we go the the opposite approach. And we say, uh, no, we want the field to be our customer. And when we get enough traction in, in a given network marketing direct sales company, we're not dummies. When those people talk to their corporate counterparts at, right. you know, events and retreats, they're going to say stuff like, "Oh my God, if you guys heard about Project Broadcast, you really should talk to this guy." And inevitably, yep. I get emails from executives at those companies that say, "Hey, what what is this Project Broadcast thing, and how do we how do we learn more about it?" Uh, we think that's mm-hmm. a better approach because we know that we start by driving value to the people that are actually using the tool and you know if we get enterprise relationships as a result of that fantastic and if we don't it's still fantastic cuz we're still providing the value to the field which is in my right. opinion what really matters
1: so what are some examples of if someone's like okay i'm curious i'm interested in signing up what are some examples of like different kinds of campaigns or different like what are all the different ways that they can utilize this
2: well i'll i'll say first i'll ask questions i'm going to ask you guys questions or not you guys, but your listeners' questions. And when I say, what are you doing? I'm really saying, are you doing? And I'm just saying, what are you doing to be nice? But just know I'm I'm not. I'm not. So what are you doing? And again, you're saying, am I doing? Uh, host coaching. What are you doing for customer follow-up? What are you doing for gratitude messages to your customers just saying thanks for being a customer? What are you doing for birthdays? What are you doing for team notifications about Zooms or conference or business tips? What are you doing for product education? What are you doing for prospecting with people? All of these things you could do with Project Broadcast. And I I like to use this thing called opportunity List, And I always tell people you can steal it because I stole it from someone. And an opportunity list is just a list of low friction reasons to reach out to people. And low friction just means opportunity for a negative response. And if you go and say, all right, what are the different reasons I can reach out to my team, my customers, my prospects? Only one thing on that list is ask them to buy something. The list is infinite. The number of reasons you could build a relationship with people is infinite. And you know, with Project Broadcast or any tool, um, if you're in Network Marketing Direct Sales, your number one priority, in, in my opinion, is building and fostering relationship. So if you focus on an opportunity list of relationship fostering reasons, um, you can use Project Broadcast to facilitate those and and frankly automate most of them. Um, like, you know, Becky was already talking about, like you can automate post coaching, you can automate customer follow-up, you can automate lead gen, you can automate product education and business tips and team reminders and birthdays. Um, and, you know, back to my original kind of value conversation, if you only did one of those things it saves you 15 bucks in time guaranteed
0: okay I would always tell um I remember when I first signed up and I was like explaining it to my husband he was like well yeah you're worth more than 15 dollars an hour why would you not stop? you know it was kind of like uh, yeah like yeah so you
2: right use that example Let, let's just say you were worth fifteen dollars an hour you're worth a lot more but let's just say you were. Do you, did project broadcast save you an hour a month oh,
0: yeah. oh way more way more oh my god way yeah. more
2: just yeah. the follow-up right in the oh
0: yeah
2: i think it's like the it's also like the weight like there's this yeah. like you, you guys well, know having this, right to
0: remember, having, having to remember like yeah. you know that wait did i send that customer a thank you message and then oh i was going to follow up with them next week when they were, you know, they said they were interested, but they're busy and booking a party or whatever, you know, so it's
2: it's, just gets busy. Like, guess what? Everyone has a life. And sometimes you're like really focused on the business sometimes, you know, in in a season of the year, and you Mm -hmm. can't make sure every single person is manually followed up with, even though you're driving yourself crazy, trying to remember who and when should be followed up. But there's also times in your life when people just fall through the cracks and When you have a system in place, like for customer follow-up, guess what? Yeah, That doesn't happen. And
1: the peace of mind
2: alone is valuable.
1: I feel like that's the biggest thing in all of this. It's like, you know, I would say most of the people who are our listeners are wives, moms, like, or have a full-time job alongside their network marketing business. And it's like, life is so busy that it can be very easy to have good intentions of, oh, I need to start this. I need to incorporate this. I need to have this onboarding process or whatever, but life is busy. And so it's easy to forget. And I love that there's that peace of mind that people don't slip through the cracks. And I think also, you know, we also work with the people who are scaling and growing in a big way. And I think there's a point that you come to where you operate in your zone of genius meaning like it is not advantageous to spend time you know doing the menial and i don't mean that like you know anybody's better than anybody but i do think that there's a point where you're in such a level of leadership that you do not have the capacity to connect with people one-on-one that way and so if you're operating in your zone of genius whether that means coaching your team whether that means you know creating trainings or whatever um You know, this is not where you need to spend your time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing that I love about Project Broadcast is that you get scale, but you don't lose the fact that it's personal. So now I'll say that with, you can use Project Broadcast in an impersonal way. And if, if you do that, you're doing it wrong, of course, but you get scale and you still get to keep it personal. I'll tell you a quick story. My wife, who obviously knows a lot about Project Broadcast. When she first started using Project Broadcast, I remember, and I tell people this now because I didn't even think about it before we launched it. Building and sending a message to a thousand people is not work. Like people think (laughs) it's work, it's not work. The real work is crafting a message that is going to create engagement and feels personal. Mm -hmm. That's work. Clicking send to a thousand people, not work. And then the next four hours of yeah. conversating with the people that respond to your message, that's the real work. If you're sending messages mm-hmm. that create engagement, that create people responding back to you and you're responding back to them, that is real work in our business. And I remember, I don't remember the number of people she sent a message to, it was thousands of people. And she she, she comes to me after she clicked send and she was like, what did I just do? Because <laughs> Immediately, you know, why yeah. start coming in and she, yeah. you know, having conversation back with those people. And she was like, I did not think about like
0: the aftermath,
2: how much engagement it would create. Yeah. And I love hearing from users when they say things like, I sent a message that had nothing to do with the business. And it was something like, hope you're having a great day was thinking about you. Like, that's it. Yeah. The number of people that respond to that, that they've never, not never, but they haven't engaged with in a very long time in their team or, and, or their customer base is huge.
0: Well, it's relationship building.
2: Yeah. Yeah. People want connection yeah. and like. Yes. And they, that's they what leads
0: to the conversion. You know, that's what leads to the sale. That what, that's what leads to the trust because people want to do business with you. So if they feel there's a connection to you and not just a transactional approach, then they're more willing to trust you when you do say, hey, you know, there's a sale and you've got to get this new product or, you know, running a special or a promotion on joining our company. Yeah. Uh, So I love that story because I had that happen a couple of times where I would send a message and I also learned the hard way. Oh my gosh, you'll laugh about this, about the time like time um, oh. do you know I'm where you cannot like, you have to like mark what times you want your messages to not go out, not go out. And I learned that the hard way because I had, um, you know, at one point in time, it was like over, I don't know, 3000 messages or something. Right. That were going out. And I was sending it out at like seven o'clock at night, which is oh, like
2: hours to process. Yeah. Right,
0: And I'm like, Oh, no big deal. And like the next day, my contacts were like, um, did you mean to send me a message at one o'clock in the morning? And I was like, you're like, no,
2: no, not at oh all.
0: My, oh my gosh. You know, I was mortified. So yeah. And we definitely. do
2: that, I actually get that question a lot. We we do that because they're, they're and most of don't understand this about texting, but there's actually a lot of regulation around texting. Um, there's yeah. a lot oh, of spam, sure. spam filtering that happens in texting. And one of the rules, for example, is that for what is considered a sole proprietor business, which is what most people in network marketing direct sales are, Um, They fall in a certain category of senders that can send 12 messages per minute per regulation, which means we can only send one message every five seconds for most users. Um, That's why if you send a message to, say, 3,000 people, it's not that it takes long for Project Broadcast to process that. We could send them all instantly if we wanted to, but we have to throttle that into the texting network so that you don't get
0: protected
2: as a sender. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. I had no idea. That's, I just learned something new. That's really interesting.
2: Yeah. I've learned so much about texting as an industry in the last five years. I'm not sure I want to know all the things that I know (laughs) about texting, but there's, it's actually a pretty complicated domain. There's a lot of rules and regulations and, you know, what are they sending and what type of business is it, um, that comes into play. So, um, yeah it's it's an it's an interesting network. Like and here's another little fun fact that has nothing to do I guess with our conversation but like if you today say you're an iPhone user and you want to send a text message to an Android person so it's going to go as a real text message mm-hmm. and you send like an MMS meaning like a picture and a piece of text and they're saying uh-huh. the likelihood of them getting that message is excessively low cuz internationally MMS is a very poor Uh, poorly executed technology most of the time they won't get it only sms like basic text only um, messages go um, internationally which is why we haven't really tackled international yet because it's actually a very complicated space
0: that's so interesting
2: project broadcast sends 95 percent of its messages as mms messages you guys and i mean this as our industry yeah uh, loves pictures And and is known for, you know, saying a lot lot in a message. So they're typically larger. They go as MMS messages. We actually shut a phone company down in 20, I think it was 2018. We actually, we shut down a telephone carrier because the volume of messages that was going to that carrier as MMS, they couldn't handle and it shut down the
1: That's so funny. That's yeah. that's when you know you're doing the thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness. Okay, so we have some fun questions for you, Jake. Okay. Um. Okay, so I'm just always curious because when I hear from other entrepreneurs, other people who are building and all of that, I'm always curious, like, who do you admire? Who do you look up to? Who do you follow? Are there people that, you know, either in the business space or in general, that you look up to? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Man, there's probably two people I'd say. One, I'll give credit to, well, I'll say my wife first. Let me tell you why. When I was in corporate, my wife would tell me literally every day, why are you working for other people? Like, you could be be doing your own thing, and you'd be wildly successful. Why in the world are you doing this? And I got a project. I had a side consulting business. This was literally 12, 15 years ago. And the customer paid me 40 grand to build this tool for them. And I designed it, built it, put it in production. And their first customer paid them 40 grand a month to use the thing that I built. So I was like in my own, I was in, I was in my feelings. I ain't even gonna lie. Christy's like, why are you working for other people? You should do this on your own. I did this consulting gig, made some money and uh, I got sick. So I was sick at home. This had just happened. So I'm kind of pissed off, honestly, that I'm still working for other people. And I watched this keynote that Gary Vaynerchuk did. Now remember, this is yes. this is well over a decade ago. He was still very new to the scene in terms of like, as an influencer. Yeah. Uh, he right. was doing a keynote at a tech conference that I um, was watching. And he was kind of saying the same thing at this at this keynote. Like, if you got the skills... And you got the talent, go do it. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You're going to fail. And I remember that, like, literally that day, telling Christy, I was like, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to, I'm going to jump ship and let And see look,
1: what look at what has transpired.
2: So my, oh my wife, true, my wife truly is the primary driver of me becoming what I would consider a real entrepreneur. I'd always had side hustles um, in technology. Mm-hmm. But taking the real leap and starting right. my own company um, was her and a, a dash of Gary Vaynerchuk.
0: <laughs> I love that. that and then I, I
2: just I've just read another book. Um, I think it was uh, Frank Slootman. Um, he is a, a real famous CEO that grew um, a company, Snowflake, many, many, many times and had a massive exit. And the book is called Amp It Up. And the entire premise of the book is How do you increase intensity in an organization? And this is actually useful for network marketers. Something that we face is our team gets a bit stagnated sometimes, or the team is successful and you're trying to figure out how do I amp this up? How do I intensify and accelerate the growth? Phenomenal book. I'd recommend it. Um, Frank Slootman's kind of a a legend in my space and the Amp It Up book, it's phenomenal. Now there's some technical, because it's a software book. There's some technical chapters in it, but I think like at the core, it's a it's a phenomenal book for any business owner trying to accelerate the growth of their business. All
1: right. Awesome. Well, that was my
2: second question. What book are you reading? I know. <laughs> I, I just finished I well, I see just finished. I finished that a while ago. Another book I'm reading right now um is a book called Crossing the Chasm. It's another I, Here's what's interesting about what I do and what I would say you guys do in Network Marketing Direct Sales. They're not different. At the end of the day, my product is Project Broadcast and I'm trying to help people understand the value of it and sign up for right. it, right? But at the organizational level, we have the same challenge, right? Like I have a team and the, right. team doing, the team is doing what the team's doing and I want to accelerate the growth of the company just like you're trying to accelerate the growth of your company. So there's a lot of overlap. Now, in most companies, in, in in startups, and certainly in network marketing direct sales companies, you can reach a plateau. And in order to get beyond that plateau in the business, in terms of sales, organizational growth, you have to do what's called cross the chasm. And there's a lot of reasons that cause that plateau. And I think there's a lot of similarities. Again, in my world, in in the network marketing direct sales world, um, so it's f- another phenomenal book that, it, you know, if you want to read like a real business book about Again, it may be a bit, I always say heady because it really does make you sit and think about the business. Um, It's a phenomenal book. I'm in the middle of reading that literally right now.
1: So hearing you say that, I think like, you know, it's easy to look at someone and be like, oh, okay, they're making it work. They've done it. But I'm sure you have had a ton of pushback, struggles, um, Mm -hmm. you know, hard, hard, suck. I don't know how else to say it. Um, But what are those, like when you think about like the chasm, like what are those struggles that you feel like you've had to overcome to get to where you are now?
2: I mean, let's look at 2022. I mean, I don't know about you guys or your listeners, but most companies I've talked to, 2021 was phenomenal. For some reason, it was actually a phenomenal year. Most of the corporate companies I've talked to in terms of sales, in terms of recruitment and consultant growth was phenomenal. Well, that obviously corresponds to Project Broadcast 2021 was also a great year for us because more people are coming into the industry. And then in 2022, so many factors have caused an industry kind of turn down from the macroeconomic stuff that's happen- happening with inflation to mm-hmm. a glut in supply chain that has happened at retailers that caused them to do Black Friday literally before we even got to November. Um, You know, Walmart and Target were selling TVs at 50% off like November 1st, which obviously fights for dollars in the network marketing direct sales space. So there's all these kind of variables at play that made 2022, I would say, to be kind, choppy. Um, So we look at that as a business. This is what we do. We look at this as a a business and we say, listen, you can only control what you can control. I can't control inflation. I can't control the current trends in network marketing. But what I can control as an organization is, are we doing the highest value work that we could be doing? So we, we as a company are militant about looking at literally what we're doing on a daily basis. And is it driving the outcome that we want? And is it the highest value work that we can be doing with that resource? Because resource is finite. Your money, your time, your team's time, your team's money is finite. So are you doing the highest value work? And sometimes that even though you're doing the highest value work, you're not seeing the return you'd like to see, but sometimes that's not necessarily in your control. So I would say be militant about looking at your business, your numbers, setting goals and asking yourself constantly, am I doing the highest value work to grow the business? And if the answer is no, then stop doing that and (laughs) do (laughs) something. And you know, find what is the other high value work. Maybe it's recruiting, maybe it's product education, maybe it's team education. You got to really think about the business and ask the basic question of, am I doing the highest value work? And yeah. I think that's a key component. It's a key component to crossing the chasm because otherwise you get a lot of waste. Yeah. Waste- well,
1: and I think also I feel like I feel like your answer was very logical. And we deal with people who are very emotional. And so I think it yeah. just brings to light, like you have to look at it logically. Like you have to look at your business as a business. And I think in network marketing, people get so caught up in like, I lost part of my downline or this happened or this person rejected yeah. me or whatever. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah and I mean, so those are yeah. facts. Yeah. Facts are great. And I, you know, I'm a big believer that where you are is where you are. Like, that's just the fact it it, yeah. it, has, it has no implication on where you can be.
1: Yes. And yes.
2: if you want to give yourself 30 seconds to like feel the suck of right. what you're currently at in your business, do it. Take 30 seconds and, you know, scream and yell about where you are. But guess what? That doesn't change where you are. The key right. question. The key question I would be asking is, how do I get to where I want to be? what's the high value work that's going to get me there and i can't get emotional about facts because they're facts like
1: yeah
2: they don't change because i'm happy or sad about them they're just facts all
1: right jake but, you're getting quoted for that right. sorry <laughs> you're you're getting quoted you're going to be on a quote graphic on our social media
2: <laughs> it's I, you know I, i'm i'm i, I maybe more logical than most um certainly christy would say that she would say i'm not the most empathetic person in the world um I I am a big believer in dealing in truth and truth, truth, whether good or bad is still truth. And once Mm -hmm. you, once you, and you you accept whatever the truth is for your business currently, that has no bearing on where your business could be in six months to a year. The key is know where you are, know where you want to be. What do I got to do to get there? And how do I, you know, perform the highest value work to get to that place? And then constantly yeah. iterate on it.
1: Yes. And are
0: you willing to put in the effort it takes to get there?
2: Well, that's an important <laughs> question for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: you know,
2: what, what planning, unfortunately, uh, doesn't actually get you anywhere. And, and guess what? When you plan today, you will 100% be wrong. All that that ultimately matters is how are you executing on your plan and then your plan Mm -hmm. can evolve along the way, but ultimately it's how you're executing. What's the highest value work? Am I executing on the work? Is that in the vein of the plan that I've defined? Yeah. If not, reevaluate and readjust.
1: Yeah. And having non-negotiables, like if you're, if you're creating the plan, there's some non-negotiable actions that need to take place, you know in your plan. And that's where the emotion should have no bearing. Like, it doesn't matter if you're tired. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, kid didn't sleep last night or whatever. You know, if there's certain actions that need to happen in your business to move your business forward, it, mm-hmm. it is what it is.
2: I, I yeah. learned a long, like a long time ago, you cannot get excited about the outcome.
1: Mm. You have
2: to fall in love with the process. Yeah, fall in love with the journey because guess what? Like, let, let's pretend you set a goal. I'm just going to totally make this up. You set a goal to do $100,000 in sales by the end of the year, whatever, whatever that goal is. Well, when you hit the goal, it's, you're it's done. Over. Like, it's, over. Yeah. it's like the fastest dopamine hit you can get. <laughs> but if you fall in love with the journey to get there and the work required to get there and the process and the people to get there, then you kind of get to be like, on that high all the time you know like yeah. Um, do i have a goal for project broadcast of course i do i don't focus on that as much as i focus on am i doing the highest value work today am i working with people i want to work with does, does everyone like like what they're doing and they're happy about it and excited about it because that makes me feel good and i get that feeling every single day knowing we're working towards that end goal but i don't i, I don't fall in love with the end goal
0: I love that. I do have one final question, if that's okay, for yeah. from me. Monique. <laughs> um, I know you said it's not about the end goal, but I do, if you're willing to take us like behind the scenes, I'm kind of curious, is there something that you guys are working on next for this industry to support Why? kind of what already created, but to add on to that? Are we, could you share something with us?
2: yeah so the thing we're working on literally at the moment is we're doing a massive redesign of the product. Um, Project broadcast is five years old and I love Brian to death, but Brian like me is a you know a nerd technologist. We're not designers. Um, we've had the same design since 2017 in the in the app. So we we hired a full-time designer last year. he redesigned the entire product. the team is building that currently. That should roll out. My bet is before March which is cool because it looks, it is, it's gorgeous. Like I really, it's a beautiful app. Um,
1: That's awesome.
2: We're also going to, this year, I don't have a date yet, but this year we're adding email. So even though we are a texting provider, there is a place for email. So email, yes. email will be in Project Broadcast. And then that we're is working, so smart. the other big thing we're working on, and I know this is like going to sound crazy. We're going to remove the need for people to use tools like Facebook to collaborate as an organization. So we have a feature right now called Spaces. Um, It doesn't do much. Like, frankly, it doesn't do a lot. It looks more like a Facebook messenger than a Facebook group. But a big part of what we're working on this year is expanding the faces, spaces feature set to have discussion content sharing so more like a
0: community for like those of us that had a large organization and you're wanting to like because i mean this is so powerful and very very exciting and wise right because whether we like it or not facebook instagram all of our social media tiktok is borrowed marketing yeah. we do not own all of those contacts and connections and so for you guys to be like a one-stop shop for people to have a not just a backup plan right because then you know it's like you have the contacts but just in general like to have people have this location where they can foster relationships within their own network and community and customer base but then also with their team that is really exciting so yeah I'm
2: it's, looking a big, forward it, that. it's a giant goal i'm not going to lie yeah, um, but I'll tell you, you know, again, you, you are not Facebook's customer. Exactly. You, oh. you are the product. You're, you're what they're selling to companies like me to advertise to, which means their best interest is to show you content that ultimately just drives more sales through ad revenue. Well, with Project Broadcast, you are a customer. You already pay us money to use our service. So whenever we build additional features into spaces, we have zero incentive to not show the content to the people that belong to your space to the people that belong to your space. So when we rolled out spaces, the initial version, uh, we even rolled out a free, there is a free version of Project Broadcast even now called Project Broadcast Social. You cannot text or send messages or email or anything like that from Project Broadcast Social. The intent is that in the future, you could send a message to your whole team and say, listen, if you already have Project Broadcast, here's how to connect with me to be part of my spaces. And you have as many spaces as you want. Um,
1: and that's for awesome. those
2: who aren't ready to like pay for Project Broadcast, they can get Project Broadcast Social and still participate in right. in Project Broadcast um, and not have to pay anything.
0: I love that. That's very exciting.
2: Yeah, very I mean, cool. I'm I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I'm nervous, but you know, yeah. Again, the what is it the the big hairy audacious goal? Uh, we yeah. have a few of those at Project Broadcast, so that's one of them. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you We're for sharing us. that. So good. We're over here cheering you on. So okay, so for those who are listening, we probably have one of two categories, either they are already subscribed with Project Broadcast, and they wanted to hear a little bit more from you. Or we have those who this may be their first time hearing about it. And they're interested in joining. And so Becky and I do have an affiliate link where you can register. You can get s- signed up. We will put it in our show notes. Um, Jake, what is the easiest way for somebody to register?
2: Uh, they just go to projectbroadcast.com or uh, you're going to share a link in your show notes. They just click your link and that'll take them to sign up.
1: Okay. And then they can learn all about, like if someone is thinking, all right, I don't know that I'm tech savvy. How do I figure this out? What would you say to that person?
2: That's actually a really good question. So there's an entire website, it's a separate thing that you have to create an account, but it's free. It's training.projectbroadcast.com. And there are like 13 pages of training modules. And when you sign up for Project Broadcast, the, the system itself will send you a message nudging you. So don't, don't worry if you don't have uh, the ability to write that URL down. We'll send you the link whenever you first sign up um, in uh, in a message through Project Broadcast, actually. And it'll take you through what's called Quick Start. And Quick Start will teach you what I consider the absolute core features of Project Broadcast for you to start getting value out of it. And that training takes someone typically 30 minutes or less to complete. And there's, again, 13 pages of additional trainings that you can have access to that don't cost anything. It's all free.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a treat. Uh, We are so glad that Our listeners are able to hear from you. And you guys, if you are not signed up for Project Broadcast, it's literally $15. It is $15. Go to the show notes today. Click it and make sure that you share. If you are currently um, signed up and your team is not signed up, make sure you talk to your team about it. You can share with your upline, downline, sideline, um, all of those and get the benefits from being part of Project Broadcast. So thank you, Jake.
2: Thank you guys. It was fun.
0: I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening to my podcast today. One way to spread the word and share what you've learned today with others is just to simply take a screenshot, post it on your social platforms, and don't forget to tag me. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a five star review on whatever platform that you're listening to this episode on. As always, I appreciate your love, support, and encouragement. I'm cheering you on, friend.